0: Marketing is telling the world you're a rock star. Content marketing is showing the world you're one. That quote by Robert Rose sums up what today's episode is all about. Today is a show and tell episode. We've gone through the different components of blogging. We've gone through SEO and how to be discovered by creating an experience that the user can benefit from. We've talked about the different components of making sure that you nail your blog post each and every time. And we've talked about different things that you can learn from my experience of being a blogger for years. Now, in this episode, we're talking about after you create your masterpiece, after you give your audience something that they can enjoy and something that they can also learn from and apply, how you get it in front of the right people. So, in this episode, we're gonna talk about seven ways to promote your blog post, and you can do it for $0. So keep on listening to hear more. Welcome back for another episode of Dreamers Den Podcast. If you're here with us for a second time, a third time, or if you're a regular, thank you so much for joining us again. For those of you who are here for the first time, welcome to the show. I'm Danielle Towner, and I help entrepreneurs build brand awareness and an online presence through website design, content marketing, and digital products. Let's get into today's show and tell episode. And as I like to call it, or what I'm working on in my book is, I call it show up, show out, and show off. Let's talk about these seven ways that you can promote your blog post for free. Now, of course, there's a place and time for paid marketing or paid advertisement, but... Um, All of us are at different levels and different budgets. And if you're bootstrapping it, if you're shoestringing it, if you just want to supplement some of the things that you're already doing, some of the paid promotion you're doing, or if this is where you're starting and you'll build up to it, These are things that work. These are things that I or my peers have tried. And these are things that you can incorporate depending on your time, your availability, your skills and your resources. Most of these are simple, quick, easy things to do. But of course, we can't do all the things and be all the things to all the people all the time. So pick out a few of these, or some of them that include social media may be a part of the platform you already own, but it just may be a different strategy that you haven't used. Evaluate your time, evaluate your budget, and decide which of these would work best for you in incorporating these. Let's get into it. Before we talk about it, I'm going to let you know that some of these do include social media, but it's not just talking to you about regular old posting on social media. These have different strategies or different ways of doing things to get you better organic exposure. The first of these is, you know, an age old thing in the blogging community, but a little different, a little more selective. And that's guest posting. With guest posting, you basically reach out to someone or they reach out to you and you have an opportunity to submit your blog or an article on someone else's website, or you are featured on someone else's website. And it still works very well because it puts you in front of a different audience, puts you in front of their community, but I feel like you need to be smart and strategic about how you do this. Now when I started blogging back in the day, I was basically taking any opportunity or trade-off I can get with that, but The smart way to do this is to actually evaluate this person's audience. Look at their social media. Look at any place that they have a following or engagement, even, you know, in their comments. Or you can just directly ask them, like, who is your audience? Is it male? Is it female? Um, What's their age group? You know, ask them all the things that they know about their audience. Not because you have the intention of stealing their audience, but You want to make sure that you're providing value to their audience. And at the same time, if you're doing it to promote your blog and your post and you have products or services, you want to make sure that it's going to be beneficial to them and in helping them and in solving their problem. So you don't want to waste your time if what you're providing is not going to benefit them. It doesn't have to be like someone who's in the same industry as you. It could work better for someone who has a complimentary product or service or niche to yours, something that works well with what you do or what you provide or what you give tips on. And it also doesn't even have to be like another blogger. It could be something like Medium. Those journalistic sites are, even Forbes allows people to do that. They allow you to submit your articles or post the Medium has less of a barrier to entry, is more accessible, but they allow you to write articles and on Medium, you can actually get paid to write on their website or there's a way to connect your own website to theirs so that you're still benefiting from that traffic versus just having it on theirs and funneling those people to your website through your bio or your profile there. But I mean, either way, it can be beneficial to you to give you exposure to position yourself as an expert or industry leader and to also give you more leverage with search engine optimization and another link to something that's affiliated with you and your business. So guest posting but strategic guest posting that's number one. Number two let's talk about Facebook groups. Facebook groups they kind of give you more of an edge with people actually seeing what you're posting this doesn't always work if the group is just completely overcrowded and some of these groups like there are some benefits to a large group and there are some drawbacks to them because a group that's like so large and doesn't have any type of guidelines in the group Some people, they still won't, may not be able to see your stuff because it's just passing by so fast because people are posting so frequently and everybody wants to be seen and heard. But. Some groups have certain days where they post a thread and you're able to do certain things. So you just want to find one again that's complementary or related to your niche or the message that you're trying to get out. And that may not be to go to one that's for small business owners if you're targeting a certain group because it's just different business owners promoting the different business owners. And that may work if you're looking for a business to business relationship where they need something from you or you need something from them. But if all of you are in the same niche and in the same group, then nobody's going to be interested in what you're offering. They're just going to be trying to promote to you. So it may benefit you better to list out or think about your target marketing and list out who can benefit from this or what type of people or what type of interests can benefit from this and join those groups. And then when you post something that's helpful for them, they'll be more prone to go and visit that because they're not just interested in promoting to you. So that's how you have to look at the Facebook groups. And also look at their rules because some people, they start a group and they want all these people to join. But then they're like, don't promote in my group. Do not promote in my group or you're going to get kicked out. And they want to be the only ones basically promoting to you. So they're building a group, but they, they're they building the group to control you or to want to promote to you, but you really can't post anything. All you can do is come in and amen and give praise to the people who started the group. So that's not going to help you either. It has to be a healthy mix of really, truly wanting to find people to network with and engage with and also help them by providing value to them and looking at everything from the benefit of them but not a relationship where you aren't allowed to have a voice look at the rules look at the type of group look at the people in there and the interests, and also look at the numbers the same thing for facebook pages people think that facebook pages are dead and the algorithm it does continue to decrease the amount of organic exposure that you have. Like some people, and even on my page, like some things, people see it. They may not like it or react to it, but I still get clicks on it. I can look at my number and see that I still get clicks. Or some things that aren't just visible to everybody. And of course, the organic engagement without paying for ads the engagement has decreased it continues to decrease every year or even more frequently but people still see this and if you're looking at not just your page and other people's pages they may be doing other things to promote their page or they may be putting more money into ads than you are and so you have to look at that and take the same approach as what I told you with the groups make a list of what Interest would benefit from what I'm trying to show them with my content and what type of niches would that be? I can't take all the credit for this. I'm a part of a podcaster's group. One of the people has been getting like major traffic on his podcast. It's the History Podcast. So he's been building his listenership very well in a short amount of time. What he said that he does is he basically finds relevant pages that are complementary to what he's podcasting about. Like pages that are about history or pages that would be interested in learning about history. So this is stuff that people who like and follow those Facebook pages, they want to know about it. And he asked the owner if they would mind sharing his podcast. And so you get a yes or you get a no and you move on with life. It doesn't kill you. It doesn't break your heart. So he asked them if they wouldn't mind sharing his podcast or a link to his podcast as a resource for their audience. And that's how he builds his listenership. And he does this as a habit repeatedly. Like it's not a just a one-time thing, but he creates a habit with that. And that's how he's able to build his podcast audience. Well, the same applies with the blog. Find relevant pages that are complementary to what you blog about. Just politely ask the owner. Would they mind sharing this as a resource for their audience? You're going to get different reactions like you would with anything that you're asking for or pitching for or selling. Some people may get offended or feel like you're trying to steal their traffic, but you can't really steal anything from them. Because the people are going to go where they want to go and they're going to stick with who they want to stick to they may get offended they may feel like you're spamming or they may be annoyed or they may be delighted to collaborate and give you a yes so you're gonna have to decide on your number and you're gonna have to reach out to people but don't do it in a spammy way if you're genuine about what you're doing and your interest is really in helping then it won't come out that way but this is something that works number three Let's talk about blog-loving and feedly. So basically, this is using a content curating resource, like a resource that basically combines different topics and different hobbies and interests, and they give content from different areas of the web. Blog-loving specifically group together blogs on their website. And let's talk about my story with blog-loving. So back in the day, if you've listened before, you know that I used to be a travel blogger. So Blog Loving, they automatically put people's blogs on their platform. It's kind of set up like a social media platform. People can follow. They see an intro to your content, and then they used to be able to click on it, and it would go to your site. Well, when mine was automatically added, I'm not sure if everybody just automatically added, but... A large majority of blogs, maybe depending on how long you've been blogging or how much content, I'm not sure what the criteria is, but they're automatically added, and then you have the opportunity to claim it. So it's similar to how, like, if you see a business on Google My Business and it may say, claim this business. Well, that's because it may have been automatically populated or someone else may have added it, but they didn't own it when they added it. So the owner didn't, somehow it got there, but the owner didn't add it and it gives you the opportunity to claim it. So it's the same way with blog loving. If you didn't add it, that gives you an opportunity to claim the blog. But they had it set up to where... You would have to add some type of phrase or link, including their information, to one of your blog posts on your blog. So I did that, but it still kept giving me trouble and saying that it wasn't there, and I was never able to claim my blog. So I just left it alone and just forgot about it. I had better other things to do. But here recently, after researching it again for this podcast because I do want to look into it and give current information and some things are no longer useful after a time or some things, you know, have a different reputation in how it's viewed as far as your marketing activity cuz I mean stumble upon there was a time when stumble upon was really hot and popular with curating content and people being able to swipe and scroll through it that's not really the case anymore so I wanted to make sure that blog loving was still a good resource and during my research I discovered that they have actually come under fire from different bloggers for scraping content and claiming it as their own So basically, whereas it used to be that you could go there and see an intro and actually click and go to the person's blog and they get credit for that traffic, they were pretty much copying the content and the comments on that post. And so the way that they did that, it was showing up as their own content from the standards of search engines instead of it showing up as the blogger's content. There is a message that said that they have corrected whatever the process was for that, but I'm not sure about that. That was sketchy, um, the way that that was set up. And you can search and see those articles and see you know, what happened with that. So I can't necessarily 100% recommend that based on what they did. But there was an alternative that was suggested, which was Feedly. Feedly, you can have a free account or you can upgrade to a paid account. That's mainly for people who are interested in looking through or curating different groups of content that they're interested in reading. Bloggers do have an opportunity to submit their content there. So Feedly was given as the alternative to that. And it's the same thing, putting your content in front of a different audience, but still with the goal of... Making sure that you group it in the right place or tag it in the right place so that it reaches the proper target audience. So that's number three. Number four, let's talk about LinkedIn and LinkedIn groups and then also Twitter. So this is the other part of social media that we and I don't like mention all social media platforms. I'm just mentioning the ones that are more tailored towards content and those types of resources. And I say LinkedIn because LinkedIn is a business platform. So if you're in a certain type of niche that may be geared towards certain business owners, then LinkedIn or LinkedIn groups is a good place for you. Twitter can work for just about anything, but again, it's it's based on the method that you use. LinkedIn, you basically have to engage and network and be a regular conversationalist for it to work best for you. You can build a network and share those links to your blog post with that network and have a good message behind it and it'll get you results. But to really get results on LinkedIn, you need to position yourself again as an industry leader. So that's going to take some time and take some development to do that, but it can work. But there's another side of that, which is the LinkedIn groups. Now with the LinkedIn groups, again, that's another area or another place to where it's not really controlled by the algorithms and you have a chance for everyone within that group to see what you're posting. Some of these groups, people are linking up for opportunities for guest posting and things like that. But some of the groups, people just have common interests. They may be all bloggers and they're interested in helping each other get exposure for their blog posts. So you may be able to post something that they find interesting or they find helpful and they'll be willing to share it with their audience on different social media platforms. Or they may give you valuable feedback on your blog post through the comments or just give you feedback on it to help you improve your writing skills. So those are the benefits of LinkedIn groups, just that networking and collaboration opportunities and you guys helping each other. Now with Twitter, like I said before, it can work for just about any niche, but there's a method to it and it's a place for conversation, for engagement, for interaction and organic opportunities come from that, but you don't just come in with the purpose of, okay, what can I get out of this? You have to spend time. It's about relationships, and it's about conversations, so that's how you have to take the Twitter approach for it to best work for you, but all of these so far are absolutely free. Number six is discussion forums. There are different what they call discussion forums where someone will ask a question or post a thread and they want answers. They want their problem solved or they want feedback on those questions. Now these forums are beneficial in more ways than one, but they are an opportunity for you to build a reputation and for you to position yourself as an expert or industry leader. Because if you're constantly showing up and answering questions and people find these beneficial, they can do things like vote on the responses that you gave and say that it was helpful. Or they can reply back to you, but they're going to try the things that you're telling them to do. And if it was helpful for them or helpful for anyone else who's reading that thread, that's going to be helpful for you. So in the midst of that, you can sprinkle in some of the links to your blog post if that's going to further give them instructions or more details on the advice that you're giving when you're answering these questions or when you're applying in these threads if you do this repetitively like i said you're gonna build a reputation for yourself but on the flip side this is kind of getting off of the promoting your blog for free part of it but you know it's still helpful because on the flip side you can look at the questions that people are asking and look at the things that people are talking about, and you can take that back to your notes so that you'll know what topics you need to touch on within your industry, like what problems you need to solve, what do people need help with, and you'll know what you need to write about in your blog and how you can apply this to your business. Definitely incorporate if you have the time or if you have the staff or if you have whatever resources you need. Um, incorporate the time. To get involved in the forums with Reddit or Quora, or there's a huge list of these. You can search for it or even if you type in one of these, Reddit or Quora, and say that you're looking for sites like these, those will come up. And some of the lists even have it broken down by the type of forum it is or what information they're looking for, whether it's tech, whether it's fashion or beauty, food. Or whether it's like general for bloggers or different things like that. Don't sleep on the discussion forums. That's definitely one. If you don't take anything else away, take that. And number seven is Pinterest. I've talked a little bit about Pinterest marketing before. But I'm going to get heavily into this in the next series. But Pinterest marketing is amazing for bloggers. It's amazing for any type of industry. People think that it's just for food, recipes, foodies, DIY, crafts, but it's all types of industries. There's hair, beauty, fashion, real estate agents use Pinterest, business professionals and marketers use Pinterest, all types of industries use Pinterest and they also have an area where you can have a shop on there where people can see your products, digital or physical products, they don't support services, but you can post that on there and you know when they click on it it goes right to the product in your site. So that's amazing in itself, but for the blogging piece of it, they do have options for ads, but for the $0 budget, you get a lot for it if you put in The time with having high quality images, well-designed pins, and is linking to valuable, high quality content on your blog. You know, it's worth the time that you put into pinning and then there are methods on the back end where you can schedule it so you don't have to sit on Pinterest all day. So you can put in less time if you add those things that way. But we're going to talk about that. But I just want you to open your mind to Pinterest because not many people are open to that. And, you know, if you don't know, like we've been talking about SEO in this series, Pinterest is a search engine. So it's going to help you in that way, too when people go and search for things to solve their problems, whether it's in Google or whether it's in Pinterest, then that's an opportunity for your resources to come up if you're doing the things that I just outlined and providing valuable content. I'm not going to get heavily into Pinterest right now, but I wanted to prep you for that and tell you that it is. It's one of the best ways to promote your blog posts for free. So I hope you guys have found this helpful. Let me know if you have and get ready for our next segment that will be all about Pinterest marketing. Thank you guys for listening. Let me know if you have any questions, you can press the record button and ask your questions and I'll get back to you. Or if you're listening from my website, danieltowner.com, you can scroll to the bottom of this podcast and there'll be a comment section where you can ask questions or give me your feedback. Follow me at DreamWork Creatives for more daily business and marketing tips. And as I always say, dream until your dreams come true.